A happy Tuesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. I am well. I am joined by the commercials appeal to Michael Cole, who is in the building tonight for the single greatest performance in Grizzlies franchise history. To Michael, would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have to agree with it. I mean, it it was it was electric, Sean. It it was very electric, and it was almost like every time you think he can't. He can't top this. It's it's and it just kept happening. And this is in one game. I mean, that was almost a season's worth highlight tape for some players in, in one game. So we're gonna talk about 52 points. We're gonna talk about a poster. We're gonna talk about possibly the best buzzer beater we've ever seen in history. <laughs> but let's get to the catchy theme song, then we'll just break down all that was John Morant's career-defining performance so far. Here we go. <laughs> Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome one and all to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name's Sean Coleman. Always a pleasure to be with you wherever you are, wherever you are listening. You can find myself at StatsSAC, and I am very, very lucky to welcome one of the best minds when it comes to Memphis, and one of the good luck charms this season. We'll break down a few stats since he's arrived on the scene here in Memphis. DeMichael Cole has been kind enough to join us. Mr. Cole, how are you this evening, sir? Man, I'm doing good. Um, It's it's, it's a great day. Um, The weather was good here today in Memphis, so that's always a plus. But, I mean, who would have thought a Monday night game against the Spurs, you know, Felt like a sleeper. I mean, it was 12 minutes before the game started. And I'm looking around and I'm like, where is everyone? You know, it, but, you know, they they slowly started to come in. and it, it ended up being one of the more electric atmospheres of the season. Absolutely. And and that's the thing about it. And, and you know, it, of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, you know, obviously free on all platforms right here on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button below. DeMichael has joined us before, but but first, let, let, let's get to it. We want to make sure we give DeMichael, not to embarrass him, but we want to give him the credit, the <laughs> credit that he deserves. DeMichael Cole's first game, and this is remembered by Zach Kleiman, who talked about this at the trade deadline. DeMichael Cole's first game was back on December 23rd. DeMichael Cole, who has the best record in the NBA since then? <laughs> The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies do. Um, I mean, it, it was nip and tuck for with the Suns for a while, but yeah, I mean, when I got here, they they went right on that eleven game win streak. And so, DeMichael, I want to ask this question. I want to see how good you are. Who are the top five scores in the NBA in terms of points per game since you arrived on the beat on December twenty third? Top five know. since December twenty third. All right, let's see if I can knock this out. Um. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Joel Embiid at the top. Let's see, Embiid definitely won. I'm, hmm. Let's see. I'm gonna. I could see Job being third or fourth on this list. Maybe. Very good. Maybe. So Very I'm thinking second would have to be. Um. Would it be? Would it be Joker? No. Not no. Joker. Okay. No. So if it's not Joker, I'm gonna go LeBron. Mm-hmm. So LeBron, LeBron two, and we're gonna go Jaw three. Jaw's four. Jaw's four. So Joker, Joker three. 
No, Joe. It's not Joker, but it is another former MVP. It's a form. Oh, Giannis. There we go. And then number number five, we 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 just met him. Number five is who we just met. Hmm. Oh, you got it. You got it. I got number five. Okay. Uh, oh, Demar. Demar mm-hmm. for sure. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. That's, Joel, that's Giannis, LeBron, Jaw, Demar. Very good. Very good team, yeah. sir. So. But so let's get into it here. So, DeMichael, you were there, obviously. The Grizzlies get a you know big victory over the Spurs. DeJounte Murray, John Morant sharing the court. DeJounte Murray, as special as John Morant's been. DeJounte, I wouldn't put him on that type of season, but he's been absolutely special. Two all-star yeah, players sure. who were teammates, who were teammates there. But as special as DeJounte Murray is, it's just another level with Ja. And you were there in person. How electric was it, DeMichael? Man, it you just don't I mean Monday nights are usually looked as like the sluggish games around here. Absolutely. And then and then you combine that with the Spurs, who I mean, let's let's if we go back, this was the same game that was removed off of ESPN because ESPN didn't figure it. I mean, not the same exact game, but these two teams were supposed to meet in January. And you know, that game was taken off of ESPN, but yeah, I mean it. It started off real, you know, ho-hum, like the very first possession of the game. You know, DeJounte Murray gets the steal and, and gets the layup on the other end off of John Morant. Then the next possession, John Morant comes up the court full speed and DeJounte Murray chases him down and blocks it. So you're thinking, oh, this is one of those days. DeJounte Murray is really about to, you know, put him in jail, like with his lockdown defense. But the tables flipped really quick. And I think – Maybe early in the second quarter. I mean, he had 14 in the first quarter. But when he hit the logo three-pointer, that was in the first quarter. And he hit another three-pointer. And then in the second quarter, it was just plays. And and Taylor Jenkins, you know, Taylor Jenkins is a very mild-mannered guy, Sean. You know, he very calm, cool, collected. And he started to get real intense. You know, the Grizzlies and, I mean, the Spurs weren't either. There was some, some tough calls, you know, being passed up. And both sides were kind of, you know, not too happy about it. So, so Ja, at one point, you know, he seemed a little frustrated. And then after he hits the three pointer, he does the whole bombs away celebration because, you know, he that I felt like that was more like him letting it out than him being excited in the moment. After you know, he had a couple complaining moments with the refs, and I think that's what led to when he exploded and did that dunk over Jakob Pertl. And once he did that dunk, son, the entire FedEx in this place, like I said, it was it was very cool up until this point. The entire lower bowl was standing up. And, I mean, I just took my phone out just to record it, just to see it. I mean, everyone was standing up all the way till he went back to the other end. Um, it was it was insane, John. I mean, and that and that was just that was the precursor for the buzzer beater. Well, and that's the thing about it is that you know there there are layers to this. Okay, yep, no, no issue at all. Um, yeah. Well, and that's the thing that stands out to Michael is that there are layers to this, right? Like we're talking about best first half we've ever seen in Grizzlies history, statistically, what have you. But I'm going to go ahead and go out there and say I won't necessarily call it a top five moment in Grizzlies history because the grit and grind era playoffs and things like that. But that probably was up there as one of the best offensive plays in general. But 
we talk about this, right? Like DeJounte Murray is a fellow all-star, had a pretty good game, came off a yep. pretty good start to his second half of the year, jaw dominated. We're talking about DeMar DeRozan on Saturday night, him on this incredible streak that no other bull has done since Michael Jordan, very few have in NBA history, jaw outperformed him. The thing that stands out about the Michael Cole, and especially since you've been here, I'm going to sit there and throw that out there again. The point that I'm getting at consistently is that John Morant is putting on his best performances when he's got other all-stars on the court because Jaw consistently knows and feels without a shadow of a doubt he is the best player on the court. And it's just an absolute pleasure to watch. Yeah, I mean... I said it in one of my stories, uh, Sean. It was like um, when they played the Bulls, actually. We just add it up. I mean, we saw him on the court with Stephen Curry. John Morant looked like the best player on the court. We saw him on the court with LeBron James. John Morant looked like the best player on the court. We saw him on the court with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. John Morant was the one who got MVP votes at the free throw line. I mean, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and he, you know, the, Stephen Curry. I mean, that's as good as it gets, you know. And and he's twenty two. I be I have to tell myself this a lot of times while this is happening. Um, he's twenty two years old. You know, this is all new to him, just like it is to the fan base. You know, Curry and Bron and KD, those guys I've mentioned. You know, they score fifty. It's a special night, but they've been here before. Ja, I mean, this was different for him. Just talking to him after the game and, you know, just seeing his reaction, you know, to the moment. I think, you know, Sean, he was like he he can't even, you know, put it into words right now. You know, it, it happened so fast. And, you know, he had his whole family there. He's uh, on the court before the game, you know, playing hoops with his with his daughter. You know, he he was uh, put his hands in a circular motion and, and gave her the basketball so she could throw it through through his arms and. And, you know, he spent that little time with her. his sister was there. His mom was there, his, his, his dad. And it was HBCU night, you know, and his, you know, parents went to an HBCU. I mean, it was just an all-in-all all special night. And all of that came together. And, I mean, just think about it. Your family's there, your best friends. Um, you, can't, you can't write it any better. On a night where all that's going on, on a night where there's many great things to be celebrated, John Morant decides once again to just step up and stand out. But obviously, there's a few other things to talk about, especially some hot starts, which I know that myself and DeMichael both have witnessed here recently in some secret to the Grizzlies' success. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk with you a bit about you know, when it comes to things around the NBA, we all want to enjoy betting away during on sports. Well, the best way to do that is betonline.net. Whether you are enjoy pro or college hoops, by the way, who's your favorite college hoops team, DeMichael? UT. I went to the University of Tennessee. Mine, mine too. Go, go Vols. Yeah, go hey, Vols they, beat sure. Auburn. they beat Auburn. They're beating teams yeah. left and right at home. One of the best bets at home, by the way. Whether it's the Grizzlies at home, it's the Vols at home, boxing, UFC, whatever it is, check out betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to bet online. Use your website, use your mobile device, whatever you enjoy. Check out betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way for you to bet and wager on sports. Hey, we can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies the first listen of the day because I always get to talk to great people like to Michael. But after making Locked On Grizzlies the first listen of the day, check out the Locked On Today podcast. I'll tell you what, pretty fun guest on there today. It's me talking about John Morant. 
So check out the Locked On Now podcast. Check out the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. We're just all over the place. The more John Morant plays well, the more we get to talk about it. And that's what especially stands out. But yeah, so DeMichael talking about this, you know, obviously great start. So we come into the start of the second half of the season. And it's really weird, isn't it? They call it the second half of the season, but really it's the last quarter of the season, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, right. Tough, tough matchup against the Timberwolves, who just are a team that lines up well with the Grizzlies. Every every team has one. But the adjustments are made. You know, the Grizzlies hit free throws. Obviously, Jaws' performances against the Bulls, you know, a little bit of a scare in the fourth quarter. Tonight, get off to a hot start again, but can't stop the um, uh, Spurs in the third quarter. Defenses are having some lapses there. But one thing that's really helping out this Grizzlies team right now is hot starts. They are getting, they're setting the tone early. They're taking control and they're building themselves some wiggle room for when they start getting, you know, these defensive lapses. But those hot starts really are helping out right now. Yeah, Sean, it's 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 wild to see how consistent it's been. They've become the best first quarter scoring team in the NBA over this stretch. I believe that's 14 games in a row now with 30 or more points in the first quarter. And uh it's it's I mean, it's 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 like they're shooting out of the gates like they're Kentucky Derby or something. Like it's 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 pretty crazy to see. And and you know, John Morant plays, you know, about 10, 10 minutes of that first quarter. And he's a big reason, you know, he's a big part of of setting that tone. But um it's been different players. I mean, a part of one game in this stretch, John Morant didn't play. There was the Tyus Jones game, and they still, you know, scored more than 30 points. So it's it's not just Ja, it's I mean, we've seen Jaron Jackson have a big first quarter. We've seen Desmond Bain have a big first quarter. I mean, we've seen De'Ami Milton come off the bench and have a big first quarter. It's it's so many different guys. I mean, we just saw Steven Adams the other night have nine points and 11 rebounds in the first quarter. Um, the way they're doing it is, is pretty unique. And I and I thought about this early, and I, and I said it somewhere, too. Uh, the third quarter Warriors, you know, this year – Pretty much over their last, you know, their run over the last seven years, everyone knows the third quarter Warriors. They come out of halftime, and if it's a close game, they're trying to be sitting down by the start of the fourth. This year, it's been the fourth quarter Suns. Chris Paul and Devin Booker both, you know, in the top ten in in scoring, you know, plus minus in the fourth quarter and things like that. So you got the third quarter Warriors, the fourth quarter Suns, and I think you can put the first quarter Grizzlies kind of like in that same, you know, conversation in terms of one team who can just look at a quarter and say, you know what, this is our quarter, and just completely dominate it. And, yeah, and and so part of what has really helped out has been the staggering of the lineups. You know, you've got Jaw, Bain, Zaire, Jaron, Steven out there. You know, what you see typically is that you'll see Bain and Jaron come out. Typically, it's Melton and Kyle coming in. Kyle adding his outside of scoring value. But I'll tell you this to Michael, the Anthony Melton, you know, we talk a bit, a lot about Brandon Clark, whose resurgence this year has been so welcoming, so glad to see him back and having success. Tyus having a breakout year. But I would say over the past three weeks, potentially the most valuable player for the Grizzlies is, from their bench is the Anthony Melton. That shooting surge version of him that after Jaw takes care of the first eight minutes, typically, the Anthony Melton's able to come in and take care of the last two or three minutes. That's really helped out, especially from three. Yeah, uh, the Anthony Melton, I mean, Sean, you, you said it. 
Uh, you remember when he first came back from from COVID early January? Uh, you know, he was struggling. He was, and and it, it took him some time, and and we finally got a chance to talk to him, and he talked about you know how he's a rhythm player, which some NBA players are are that way. That's completely understandable, especially a guy coming off the bench. It's not like he's coming right back and playing thirty two minutes. He had to you know work his way in and he was had some games where he was playing 14 15 minutes 16 minutes because uh he wasn't producing and he wasn't making shots but now i mean every time the anthony melton touched the ball it's like he's pushing he pushes the pace you know almost as much as shot now to sometimes that's good and sometimes you know he puts himself in a tough position but he shot the ball really well and you know if you want to be nick picky about this team shooting is is a concern and seeing melton you know shoot the ball the way he has lately is you know a big reason why like desmond bain isn't having his best stretch right now this is probably the worst stretch of the season for desmond bain but the anthony melton is kind of offsetting that with the way that he stepped up so again team effort um certain guys picking up other guys and, and the anthony melton has done just that for like desmond bain so we, you mentioned Desmond Bain because that's actually where I was going to go next. And listen, I'm not worried about it. I'm sure you're not either yeah, as far yeah. as him getting back on, on track. But do you think to Michael that it may be a bit of a development because the league is starting to respect him with how special he was over the past two, two and a half months? You know, I keep joking about since you've been here, that's really when Desmond Bain started going well. But I would say that it seems like the league is really starting – to respect him, there seems to be quite a few instances where he's struggled a bit over the past few games where he's looking for the shot. It's just not there because there's a guy on him. They know that Desmond Bain is the secret to the Grizzlies shooting success. Your thoughts overall of where Desmond Bain is and, and do we, I feel the adjustments are going to be there. Do you, do you feel it's going to be soon that we see him out of this little slump that he's in? Yeah, well, yeah, because one thing is when, when I got the chance to go to All-Star Weekend, you know, just just talking to the players and 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 everyone and um every time I talked about Desmond Bain, the first thing that came out of everyone's mouth pretty much, or one of the first things was shooter. Shooter. Uh they know. It's word has gotten around the league. Uh when you play against that guy, you don't leave him open up. It was a couple games ago. Um, one of the benches we heard down there, they were yelling, you know, don't leave him open, don't leave him open when Desmond Bain, you know, was over there in the corner because he's the one guy in that starting lineup who consistently imposes that threat. You know, Zaire, Zaire Williams has that potential, but you just look at his raw numbers now, it's not there yet. John Morant, you know, he had a crazy game yesterday, 4-4, four four, but, you know, he has those games and then he'll probably have another game where he goes 0-4. And then, um, you know, Jaron Jackson, you know, he's had great shooting seasons. But right now, this isn't his, you know, he's just been very inconsistent. But Desmond Bain has been that one guy all season long up until now who has been as consistent as can be. And teams have zeroed in on him, I think. But some of it is he's missing shots that, I mean, I don't think any of these shots that he's missing, it's because, oh, man, you know, they're guarding him you know, uh, like white on rice or anything like he is um, able to get his shots. I think, you know, the defense is being more physical with him, which, you know, he likes, but uh, he's definitely a bigger, he's be definitely a bigger focal point. And um, 
you know, he has to adjust again. And we have to remember, like, these guys are so young. This is his second season. So you talk about those rookie walls or, or what do they call it, the sophomore slump, uh, things like that. This could be that for him. I mean, it's, a, it's more of a mental thing probably than legitimately physical. But uh, he may have to overcome that, and, and that may be all it is to it. But, uh, yeah, I – Desmond Bain will be fine. You know, you know it. I know it. I think all it takes at this point is one game. I know uh, that game when they go to Indiana is coming up. You know, he's uh, probably going to have a lot of family around him and, and all that good stuff. So that could uh, be good for him for sure. So as we're recording this, let's be honest with you, it officially has gone from February into March. How crazy is that? We're already two months into the 2022 calendar year. We're going to talk with DeMichael a bit about the Grizzlies now, two and one, going through a tough stretch to start the second half of the season before they get into a pretty manageable start to March. We'll discuss that with this Celtics game coming up in just a moment. But before we do, obviously, we're getting from the winter to the spring. But the thing about it is this. I don't know DeMichael's level of when it comes to repairing cars, and he may be an expert. I know I'm not. So, But when it comes to car parts, the best place for you to go is rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll likely find what you need. It's economically friendly. It's going to allow for you to find your part no matter the make and model. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, again, amazing low prices. All the car parts you ever need, visit rockauto.com today. Obviously, the Boston Celtics to Michael are coming up for the Memphis Grizzlies. And how much fun have they been? That that defense is phenomenal. And, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk more about that, obviously, as we as we get closer to that game. But Derek White, Marcus Smart, whoo, Jason Tatum's playing unbelievable defense yes. this year. Man. But obviously going to be a fun matchup coming up late Thursday. Yeah, that, that's right. But we get now into this stretch. And if I'm correct now, if I'm looking at the standings, I believe the Grizzlies now are a half a game within second place of – the Golden State Warriors. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. I mentioned it before. I don't think that the Grizzlies really have that good of a shot of catching the Suns just because I believe that the Grizzlies are now seven games behind the Suns. But when it comes to this, the, the game against the Celtics, going to be a very tough matchup. But I truly do feel that after that, the Grizzlies should be favored like in seven or eight games. I clearly think without Draymond, this Grizzlies team absolutely can put pressure on the Warriors. And before a very tough March to end, to end March stretch, we could see the Grizzlies taking firm control of second place in the West. It's, it's possible, Sean. And um, I, 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 I outlined um, an eight-game stretch uh, for both teams a couple days ago. And, and I said, you know, if the Grizzlies don't gain that ground over these next, you know, couple weeks, it's not going to happen. This is this is this is the chance. Um, the schedule sets up perfectly. The Warriors. Um, I'm gonna just say it out loud because uh, they just played, you know, Dallas. But I believe the Warriors have coming up a game against the at the Timberwolves, at Dallas, at the Lakers, at the Nuggets, versus the Clippers, at Denver, versus Milwaukee. Wow. So, so every team that I just said, Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, Denver, Clippers, Nuggets, Milwaukee is in, you know, the playoff chase at some in some way, shape, or form, even, you know, the Lakers. The Grizz, on the other hand, after they play Boston, Boston is, you know, the, Boston's probably the hottest team in the NBA right now. So 
that's a big hurdle to get past. But after that Boston game, you have Orlando, who's not in the hunt. You have Houston, who's not in the hunt. You have Nola, you know, New Orleans, who has really played better as of late. But, um, you know, they're 25 and 36. <laughs> you also, and then you have the Knicks, and then you have Oklahoma City Thunder. That stretch, and you just outlined their half game back, and, you know, they're off two days. So the Warriors will either gain ground or lose ground, you know, in between time. And um, this is the chance. You know, the Grizzlies over that stretch, I mean, Boston, Orlando, Houston, NOLA, Knicks, OKC, you you want you hope that they'd only, you know, one loss out of that stretch. May possibly two. Because on the Golden State side, they gotta go to Dallas, they gotta go to Denver, they get Milwaukee at home, and and they and they get the Clippers and they get Denver, they go to Denver twice. So in their mind, they're probably thinking, we probably want to split those two Denver games. Then you get Milwaukee and Dallas. You probably want to split those two. And if they split those and the Grizzlies only lose one more, the Grizzlies will be tied. And the Grizzlies, you know, they play one more time March 28th, the Warriors and, and Grizzlies, that is. And it'll be in Memphis. You, you take care of business on your home court, and you, you should set yourself up. So the Grizzlies are in a I think a really good situation, but it's it's now, Sean. You can't play around with your food. If if they slip around and lose to the Magic or CJ McCollum, who's a he's a Grizzlies killer, he has one of those nights, and and Brandon Ingram, you know, gives him enough uh, secondary scoring, uh, then you're probably not going to catch the Warriors because Draymond Green will be back soon, and once he's back, they go up even another level. And and James Wiseman also just got option you know, to the G League team. So he's getting close. So you might want to strike now while the iron's hot. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, overall, the Grizzlies have the 28th toughest schedule remaining this season. Yep. The Warriors have the seventh. So it certainly is in the Grizzlies' favor. And, and at the end of the day, DeMichael, I, you know, I, I don't think the Grizzlies care about who they're going to play. They just yeah. want to be in the best playoff positioning possible. Because at the end of the day, Minnesota's a tough matchup for them. Um, you know, talent, especially in the starting lineup, talent-wise. Dallas is a who who I would want to face just because of rivalry. I think that, you know, Dallas stylistically is a very tough team for, for, for the Grizzlies. And then you got Denver potentially getting Jamal um, Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back to support um, Nikola Jokic. Obviously, any of those are going to be a tough matchup. But for the Grizzlies, if you get that second spot, you're putting yourself in a position where you're not only going to have first round for that first first round, but also you're going to have um, a home court advantage for the second round for the first and second round. That's the importance of doing it. So take yep. advantage of it. And at the end of the day, you're going to get plenty of rest in between these games. Your guys are going to stay fresh. Let them get the get the aggression going, the consistent effort to try to better their positioning. That's what the playoffs are. Get that experience under their belt. Exactly. It will pay off in the end. Yeah, ex exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it's for, Sean. And, 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 you know, that second seed that you mentioned, it's it's so important. It's I think it's super important. I think there's a noticeable gap from the top six to, to the seven, eight, nine range. And, and that could change, you know. Um, there's a gap because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you know, aren't playing. There's a gap because Anthony Davis is out, you know. So that, that could change, but right now that's the way I see it. And, 
you talk about the Nuggets at six with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. I mean, nobody, nobody wants to face. Nobody him. wants to be that. That's that's a bad look. Like, oh, we did all this great work this season to get this great seed just to play a team that probably would be seated right beside us if they were at full strength. We, I mean, the Nuggets were two, three seed every single season when those guys are fully healthy. And Jokic is playing, you know, these last two seasons better than ever. It sucks. You know, Jamal Murray has missed, you know, a lot of that time. So you don't want to play that team. Um, since I've gotten to Memphis to cover this team, you know, I've heard about how people don't like how they match up against Dallas. Personally, I think, you know, that top six, that's the preferable matchup in my opinion. But a lot of people here have talked about, I mean, for right reasons. I mean, I've, I've you know, I've seen the games. Don't get me wrong. But I just, as comparison to those other teams, because we saw what the Jazz did to a younger Memphis team, but, you know, different Memphis team, but the Jazz had their way. And, you know, the top, the top teams are the top teams. So, it's it's tough in there, and it's the Western Conference. I mean, let's you know we've seen Memphis be on the other side of this in the past, all the way back to their earlier 2003, 2004 days where they were having 50 win seasons, but would get swept by the Spurs because the West is just that tough. I mean, and um, every game matters, and but you want to you know you want to be freshened up by that playoff run, and uh, then you might get Dylan Brooks back soon. So. That's a bonus. So it, it comes to this. I, I'm just I'm starting to wonder here because you know I, I'm so the next question then as, as we're wrapping up the show with DeMichael Cole, then I guess the biggest thing is is that it's it's weird, especially for you and, and Drew Hill and others who do a phenomenal job covering the Grizzlies. I don't think that there's enough said for how awesome a job y'all done this year, despite having the best record in the NBA that the Grizzlies have since you've been. The quality of your work obviously <laughs> speaks for itself. <laughs> but all joking aside, I'm trying to think what the bigger narrative is going to be. Is it Dylan Brooks coming back? Is it getting the second spot in the West? Or is it the narrative that the Grizzlies just cannot dis- escape to Michael? It's are we going to have that Lakers pick or not? This is almost like <laughs> we go back three years ago. Are we going to convey or not convey? And we yeah. wind up with Ja. Now we're sitting here talking about are we going to get this Lakers pick? What do you yeah. think is going to be the biggest narrative over the next month? Um, it's, I think the Dylan Brooks thing will take the cake of uh, the pick personally, personally, I, I don't think there's anything to be worried about. That's, that's my personal 100%. opinion because you, this is how I look at it. If you have a pick, you know, that's supposed to convey in that range in that top 10 range, you want it to be as close to that actual number. So, I mean, Basically, where I'm getting at is people would be a lot calmer right now if the Lakers were in the 20s, if the pick was in the 20s. But if the pick was in the 20s, you're probably not going to get a good pick, you know, as compared to, I mean, I would, as a fan, I would be ecstatic that, you know, oh, this pick is is 12th or or 13th or, or 14th. Like, boom, that's right in the wheelhouse for you to get a late lottery pick or or a guy right outside of the lottery and that's where the lakers are 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 playing right now they're comfortably in that ninth seed you know the pelicans i believe are two and a half three games and the trailblazers are two and a half three games behind them and 
Um, I think, I mean, we saw, I mean, as bad as the Lakers have played, I believe they're three and seven in their last 10, but they did beat the Jazz, you know, recently too. They're still, you know, they have LeBron James. All it takes for those role players to, you know, have some decent games every now and then and LeBron to do what he does and, and they'll stay in that nine range. Worst case scenario is, you know, they don't make the playoffs and they end up as a, what, a, a nine after not being in the play-in and they're projected to pick in that, 13 12 range and usually i mean from what we've seen this draft lottery history usually when you're like 13 12 in that range you don't jump inside of the top 10 that's very very rare so i i mean i think the pick is exactly where you want it and so getting back to the point of dylan brooks uh that's the big question simply because you know everyone's excited for what he's gonna bring He's going to bring that great defense. He's going to help this team shoot, and he's going to help the half-court offense that, you know, has stalled out from time to time. He's going to be great in those areas, but um, who, who, you know, Dylan Brooks is going to get his shots um, when he takes away shots from other players. I mean, right now it almost looks like it'll be a good thing that he'll take shots from some players because, you know, uh, Jaron Jackson has been very inconsistent. And, uh, Desmond Mang, you know, is probably, you know, having a, one of his – worst stretches of the season right now. So you wouldn't mind probably right now, as long as Jock gets his, I feel like it's what a lot of people are thinking. But shot distribution, when he comes back, it will be something that he will have to figure out and Taylor Jenkins in terms of managing rotations. Uh, I really like when they when they go to Desmond Bain, you know, and tie it with Tyus Jones in that second unit towards the end of the first when you bring Jai out and Desmond Bain has struggled a little more lately, but usually that's money, you know, with Bain and, and Tyus Jones and Bain gets to handle the ball a little bit more and you really see his skill set, you know, shown off. Will that role now go to Dylan when Dylan gets back or, you know, it's the little things like that. But I think Dylan, because he's going to have to ramp up fast, right? You're talking about 16, 17 games before the playoffs and they're going to have to work him in. And point being, Dylan Brooks hasn't been here since the team has taken off on this level. Um, I, Dylan Brooks got back because he was hurt when I first got here. No, he was in protocols when I first got here. And when Dylan Brooks came to play, he played one game, and then he played the first quarter of the next game and got hurt in the second quarter against the Clippers. So he played one and one-fourths of the games, and he's been out since. So um, a lot of time on the bench. So it's – and this team has not slowed down since he's been out. So, man, it's it's that's the that's the test for me. And that's where it comes to it, Demichael. You've been yeah. such a good look. It's you've been such a good luck charm for the Grizzlies. Such a good luck charm for John Moran. <laughs> but you being here has prevented us from seeing Dylan. So it's not all gravy. Is basically <laughs> what I'm getting at, Demichael. All that's what I've taken away. So I, I've, I've taken away one of <laughs> one of your favorite players. Um, you know, so everyone's told me how great of an interview he is. And, and, um, you know, I've seen some of, you know, his clips and, and things like that, you know, I've seen some of the things he's done and said, but I haven't really been able to experience that, you know, since I've been here. Now the man has probably the best him. I, I want to see a reality show with Dylan and Jaron when it comes to fashion. I, oh, I really yeah, do yeah. think that that would take off though. I know that Jaron has, has other interests certainly for sure. But DeMichael can't, can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to talk with us. You know, we'll, we'll certainly be seeing you 
again soon. But overall, just a special night for John Morant. But that's the thing about it is that while we're seeing, again, the best stretch of play we've ever seen from an individual player, it's just so much fun night in and night out. The Grizzlies truly are the must-watch attraction in the NBA. It's not just John Morant. It's Steven Adams and the rest of, of the group as well. But, Michael, before we before we end the show, what all do you have going on? I know you've got plenty of stuff going on from your all-star experiences, all that different stuff. Anything that the folks can look out for you when it comes to stuff you've got coming up over at the Commercial Appeal? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much just, just gearing up. Uh, for this final stretch, so we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of content just on you know pretty much summing up what you know where the Grizzlies are now, and and we're gonna look at strengths and weaknesses, and you know there's a lot of attention being played to these strengths, but um, when you talk about the playoffs, weaknesses are magnified mm-hmm. in the playoffs, you know, um, and I think you know it's it's my job to 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 you know. Uh, address some of those things before we get to that point. And everyone's like, well, no one, you know, no one talked about, you know, these these issues because in the playoffs, you know, things show up that you can kind of cover up in the regular season. So so we're going to have some of that, but we're going to have a lot of, you know, good stories just on, you know, just Job Morant, of course. And you can't, can't have enough Job Morant content and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, we we got a lot coming up. And what we'll leave folks with is this. So some weaknesses, and I've talked about it on the show. I know you've discussed it as well. Listen, it's wonderful yeah. to see Ja score 45, 50 points. You know, you, you think he's got that every single night. But the moment that he doesn't, over the past two games, 80% from the line on 26 free throw attempts finally, but in the same game, 7 to 24 for three. Tonight, we shoot yep. 42% from three, 11 to 19 from the free throw line. You got to put them both together. You can't stay bottom of the league in in both and expect for uh, for something different. But, hey, it's been a pleasure for DeMichael Cole. My name is Sean Coleman. Don't forget to check out the Locked on Grizzlies podcast at Locked on Grizz on Twitter. Myself at StatsSAC. DeMichael Cole at DeMichael C. And all his great work at the Commercial Appeal. For DeMichael, my name is Sean. I did the whole whatever with the hands. A pleasure as always. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.